0: Welcome, patrons, and thank you for joining us at this special event. This is 10 Things, a series devoted to presenting 10 more things about all those great Saturday morning shows of the 1980s. If you're joining us, it means you wanted more than the Saturday morning podcast had to offer. Think of this as the after show, where we can make a good thing last just a little longer. So grab a can of new Coke and a handful of fruit wrinkles and come back with me to the 80s. Rewind! Again! Pac-Man ran for two seasons and 21 episodes. But you knew that. In fact, there's a lot you already know if you listen to the Saturday Morning Podcast. While we explored Pac-Man, there's still plenty to look back on and explore. Here are 10 things you might not know about Pac-Man. Number 10. In 1986, Chef Boyardee put out cans of pasta that would appeal to children. They even had a Pac-Man themed pasta that came in three flavors. There was pasta in spaghetti sauce with cheese flavor. Pasta and spaghetti sauce with mini meatballs, and the most feared flavor, pasta and golden chicken flavored sauce. Now, bear in mind, these didn't have chicken in it, just chicken flavor. And not just any kind of chicken, golden chicken flavor. Yum, you can really taste the gold. Goodness for new Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee. New Pac-Man pasta. Mm. little spaghetti shaped like us. Oh, delicious. And because Chef Boyardee's packed with goodness, it's great for when we have to eat and run. New Pac-Man pasta from Chef Boyardee with meatballs. Oh. Without meatballs. Oh. or chicken flavor. Oh. Thank goodness for new Pac-Man pasta. Thank goodness for Boyardee. Chef Boyardee. Oh. The pasta came in three shapes. Pac-Man, of course, ghost monsters, and power pellets, meaning round nubs. Being that these came out in 1986, they were not inspired by the TV show, only the video game. The art on the package had the design of the TV Pac-Man, but different details. The Chef Boyardee commercials, however, seemed to use footage of Packy floating through the air, his mouth wide open as he chomped power pellets. No pellets here, just yummy golden chicken pasta. Number 9. In 1982, USA's Cartoon Express hit the air while USA became a full time cable network. They specialized in blocks of cartoons, largely consisting of older shows from Hanna Barbera. The programming ran anywhere between one and six hours, any kid's dream come true. Pac Man became part of the lineup. By the end of the 80s, Cartoon Express was showing shows like Gem, G.I. Joe, and The Real Ghostbusters. When Pac Man left Cartoon Express, it turned up on Cartoon Network from 1995 to 1999. The new millennium brought it to Boomerang until 2014. The series is currently available on DVD, though I'm not sure it's being run on any TV network at this time. Number 8. On Halloween Eve, October 30th, 1982, ABC aired a primetime special to celebrate the Day of Spookiness. It consisted of two segments, Pacula, a spoof on the Dracula mythos, and Trick or Chomp. In Pacula, Mesmeron turns a bat into Count Pacula and then terrorizes the citizens of Pacland until they turn over a map to the Power Pellet Forest. Trick or Chomp finds the Pac family going door-to-door on Halloween they have a good time until the ghost monsters show up and complicate the spooky night. While not as popular as the Christmas special, this Halloween episode does get love from time to time, airing on Cartoon Network and Boomerang when it's pumpkin time. And speaking of the Christmas special... Number 7. On December 16th, 1982, Christmas came to Packland. The primetime special aired on ABC. The plot concerned the ghost monster's eyeballs scaring Santa's reindeer, causing the Jolly Gift Giver to crash in Pac-Land. Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp go to the forest to gather the lost toys while the others help to rebuild the sleigh. Searching for the gifts, Pac-Man finds that the ghost monsters found them and are holding them ransom. In a fight with the ghosts, Pac-Man is injured. Chomp Chomp manages to get Santa's toy sack back. Returning home, Packy finds that the sleigh is fixed. Christmas is saved. Except it's not. Santa says it's too late to deliver all the gifts. Pac-Man has an idea, and they all load up in a car to take a trip. It's not long before Pac-Man and friends are cornered by the ghost monsters. Our yellow pellet muncher tries to reason with the ghost monsters, telling them how great Christmas is. And the ghosts are very touched, to the point where they let Pac-Man and Santa through to the power pellet forest. The reindeer eat the pellets, and have the ability to fly again. Christmas is now really saved. Back home, Pac-Man and Pepper find a Christmas tree with gifts, a thank you from Santa for saving the day. Just when you think it's safe, the ghost monsters show up for a home invasion. Instead of terrorizing the packs, the ghosts decide to celebrate Christmas when they're giving gifts. The story became a classic. Boomerang shows it every December as part of their Christmas party. Number 6. Record and tape company Kid Stuff produced a total of nine Pac-Man albums. These types of records were all the rage in the early 1980s. The little 45s came with a book that was, word for word, the story on the record. Young kids could read along with the record and learn to recognize words. Kid Stuff put out a line of records based on popular video games of the day. They even found a story to bring to life centered around the game Asteroids. The Pac-Man titles were released between 1980 and 1984 and revolved around the video game. Titles included The Pac-Man Christmas Story, Miss Pac-Man's Prize Pupil, Pac-Man Goes to Playland, and others. Some of the records themselves were super cool. Back when vinyl was on the way out, record companies found a way to bring novel elements to their products. Kid Stuff released a number of records that had color pictures of Pac Man, Miss Pac Man, and the Ghost embedded inside the vinyl. When you hear the beep, turn the page. After these messages, we'll continue the countdown. Hey Keebler, how's the old Elf and Magic? Oh, pretty good. Ah, the old fudge on one side trick, Mm -hmm. huh? Wow, stripes! Yes, sir. We're making our fudge stripe cookies. We take crisp shortbread cookies, cover them with rich fudge on one side and fudge stripes on the other side. Unbelievable! I always wanted to know how you elves got the stripes on your fudge stripe cookies, and I still don't know. Keebler fudge stripes, fudge sticks, and deluxe Graham's. Boom, 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 they're throwing high or low it comes back with each good throw boomerang you can throw it by yourself or throw it with some friends nerf boomerang is safe soft fun that never never ends boomerang. nerf boomerang from parker brothers who's eating his way through arby's This new Pac-Man glass is so popular, everything at Arby's is being gobbled up. There goes a roast beef deluxe. There goes a sub. Whoops, there goes our logo. Come to Arby's today for your fabulous Pac-Man glass. But you better hurry, that Pac-Man is insatiable. There's no stopping him. Get your official Pac-Man glass today, only at Arby's. And on with the countdown. Number 5. The first season of Pac-Man aired at 8.30 and was paired with two other shows. Along with Pac-Man, a show based on a high-tech video game, the logical thing to pair it with was… the animated Little Rascals? The animated show is based on a series of short films about our gang going back to 1922. These stories focused on kids being kids and getting into trouble. They sang, they danced, they made pop culture references our great-grandfathers may remember. The animated series ran for one season, spanning 23 episodes. It told the amusing adventures of Alfalfa, Darla, Spanky, and Buckwheat. Just like Pac-Man, it was produced by Hanna-Barbera. The Richie Rich Show, unlike Pac-Man and The Little Rascals, wasn't a new show. It had aired back in 1980 and was originally paired with The Scooby-Doo Show. The show followed the adventures of Richie Rich, Girlfriend Gloria, Butler Cadbury, and Dog Dollar. The character came from a comic book created by Alfred Harvey and Warren Kremer, and published by Harvey Comics, the company started by Alfred Harvey. The three shows were a package deal Hanna-Barbera had. They sold it to ABC, and they sold these three shows overseas. If you wanted one, you had to take all three. For this 90-minute block of shows, the segments were staggered. When you tuned in at 8.30, you had Segment 1 of The Little Rascals, three Richie Rich segments, the second Little Rascals segment, and a half-minute short and Richie Rich Zillion Dollar Adventure, followed by Pac-Man. Number 4. As with the first season, Pac-Man didn't go solo for Year 2. Pac-Man as a fad of the 1980s was paired with another 80s icon, Rubik the Amazing Cube. The hour-long pair aired in the 9.30 time slot. Rubik capitalized on the puzzle cube frenzy of the early 80s, parlaying a puzzle into a character. This couldn't have happened anywhere but in the 80s. Rubik escapes an evil magician who then spends the rest of the series trying to get the magic cube back. The title character is found by Carlos, Lisa, and Reynaldo Rodriguez, who go on adventures with Rubik and protect him from danger. Oh yeah, and the theme song was performed by, get this, Puerto Rican boy band, Menudo. Number 3 When the Pac-Man video game was produced for home consoles, the character looked different than he had before. Especially if you look at the art for Tengen's original box for Pac-Man on the Nintendo Entertainment System the packing on that box bears a striking resemblance to the 1982 cartoon character. It was proof that the cartoon started to influence the video game franchise. Miss Pac-Man, for the Atari 2600, also looks like the cartoon Pepper. So, if the cartoon elevated the games in any way, it was how the pack design evolved over the years, and how some of the cartoon elements continued on long after the series ended. Number 2 Toru Iwatani, the creator of Pac-Man, drew on elements of his childhood to create aspects of the game. Growing up, a character that Iwatani was fascinated by was Casper the Friendly Ghost. Casper is directly responsible for Inky, Blinky, Pinky, Clyde, and Sue. Of course, Casper was a good ghost, whereas the Pac-Man ghost monsters are constantly trying to get one over on pac And now, a very special announcement. You've taught your children to be polite and friendly, but have you taught them when not to be? Hi there. Do you live around here? Uh Uh-huh. You going to school? Yes. Well, uh, I I could give you a ride. Last year, 50,000 children disappeared, many of them from nice, safe neighborhoods. It's okay. Come on, help me. Talk to your children about not talking to strangers, and do it today. A message for your child's safety from the American Medical Association. And now, number one. The key to the success of any Saturday morning show wasn't just the animation and the voice talent, but an aspect of entertainment that is often overlooked. I am, of course, talking about the writer. A show like Pac-Man not only had to be written, but a whole world had to be developed. If you look at the Pac Man video game, you get a partially eaten pizza being chased by some Casper the Not So friendly ghosts in a maze. That's a place and characters with no real personality. Enter Jeffrey Scott. Chances are, if you watched 80s Saturday morning television, you watched the shows he helped to launch? His writing career started in 1976 with Clue Club, a Scooby Doo knockoff by Scooby creators Hanna Barbera. From there, he worked on Dino and then Super Friends, and then more Super Friends, and even, even more, you guessed it, Super Friends. By 1982, Jeffrey Allen Scott had written a ton for animation. Not only did he develop Pac-Man, but it appears he wrote every episode. I reached out to Mr. Scott about his time on Pac-Man. He wrote back that he was writing so much at the time that all he remembers is the walls of his office at Hanna-Barbera. Looking back at his lengthy career, it's not a surprise that it all runs together. Scott would go on to write for other Saturday Morning favorites such as Dungeons and & Dragons and The Littles. He also developed Muppet Babies for TV and would go on to write 40 episodes of the 145 produced. Jeffrey Scott has never stopped writing. His resume is full and constant. While the writing is pretty awesome, I found one other fun fact. Born in 1952, Jeffrey Scott started his career as an actor in 1963. He played the role of Timmy, an uncredited part in The Three Stooges Go Around the World in a Daze. A majority of his acting work revolved around The Three Stooges. And why not? After all, his grandfather was Mo Howard. And there you have it. 10 Things About Pac-Man. Join us next time when we take a look at 10 things about Saturday Supercade. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us at the Saturday Morning Podcast 10 Things series. If you'd like to drop us a line, please write to SatmornPod at hotmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornPod. Do you have any vintage Saturday morning memories? Email us your story and we could read it on the next episode.